Section 1 of The Christian Commonwealth by John Eliot. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Section 1 of The Christian Commonwealth. Chapter 1. It is the commandment of the Lord that a people should enter into covenant with the Lord to become his people, even in their civil society as well as in their church society. Footnote. Deuteronomy, chapter 29. 10, 11, 12, 13. You stand this day, all of you, before the Lord your God, your captains of your tribes, your elders, and your officers, with all the men of Israel, your little ones, your wives, and the stranger that is in thy camp, that thou shouldst enter into covenant with the Lord thy God, and into his oath which he maketh with thee this day, that he may establish thee today for a people unto himself, and that he may be to thee a God, as he hath said unto thee, and as he hath sworn unto thy fathers, to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob. In footnote. Whereby they submit themselves to be ruled by the Lord in all things, receiving from him both the platform of their government and all their laws, which when they do, then Christ reigneth over them in all things, they being ruled by his will and by the word of his mouth. Footnote. Isaiah 33:22. The Lord is our judge, the Lord is our lawgiver, the Lord is our king, he shall save me. End footnote. The substance of which covenant, and subjection of themselves unto the Lord, to be ruled by him in all things, is this, that they do humbly confess their corruption by nature, and lost condition, that they acknowledge the free grace, footnote, Deuteronomy chapter 26, 1 add 12. I profess this day unto the Lord thy God, that I am come into the country which the Lord thy God swore unto thy fathers to give us, etc. Verse 5. And thou shalt speak, and say before the Lord thy God, Assyrian ready to punish was my father, and he went down into Egypt, etc. Verse 7. And when we cried unto the Lord, he heard us, etc. Verse 8. And the Lord brought us forth out of Egypt with a mighty hand, etc. In footnote. Of God, in the redemption by Christ, and in the promulgation of the gospel unto them, in making application thereof effectually unto their souls. And therefore the Lord hath showed his everlasting love unto them, and caused them inwardly by faith to give up themselves unto him, to be forever his, to love, serve, and obey him in all his word and commandments. So now they do outwardly and solemnly with the rest of God's people join together so to do in their civil polity, receiving from the Lord both the platform of their civil government, as it is set down in the essentials of it in the Holy Scriptures, and also all their laws, which they resolve through his grace to fetch out of the word of God, making that their only magna carta, and accounting no law, statute, or judgment valid, farther than it appeareth to arise and flow from the word of God. Such as with a lively faith enter into or walk in this covenant, do perform every act wherein they are free from temptation, of civil conversation among men, footnote, 1 Corinthians 16.31, whether ye eat or drink, or whatsoever ye do, do all to the glory of God. In footnote. By faith and obedience unto God, instructing that all should do who take this covenant, and if they do not, they are guilty of breach of covenant before God. A willing subjection of a man's self to Christ in this covenant is some hopeful sign of some degree of faith in Christ and love to God, and as a good preparative for a more near approach to Christ in church fellowship and covenant. He that is willing to serve Christ by the polity of the second table civilly, 
is in some degree of preparation to serve him by the polity of the first table ecclesiastically the child is implicitly comprehended in the father's covenant footnote deuteronomy chapter twenty nine fourteen fifteen neither with you only do i make this covenant this day but with him that standeth here this day before the lord our god and with him that is not here with us this day in footnote the wife is explicitly comprehended in her husband's insomuch in that in her widowhood she and her family are one under the order of the government of god the particular form of government which is approved of god footnote exodus eighteen twenty three if thou shalt do this thing and god commend thee so in footnote instituted by moses footnote exodus eighteen twenty four moses hearkened and did all in footnote among the sons of israel and profitable to be received by any nation or people who reverence the command of god and tremble at his word is this that they choose footnote eighteen twenty one thou shalt provide able men with deuteronomy one thirteen take ye wise men and i will make them reign in footnote unto themselves rulers of thousands footnote exodus eighteen twenty five deuteronomy one fifteen in footnote of hundreds of fifties and of tens who shall govern according to the pure holy righteous perfect and good law of god footnote deuteronomy one seventeen fear not the face of man for the judgment is god's second chronicles nineteen six and said to the judges take heed what ye do for ye judge not for man but for the lord who is with you in the judgment ezekiel forty four twenty four they shall judge it according to my judgment in footnote written in the scriptures of the old and new testament the forming of which platform of government deduced from scriptures is as followeth chapter two the several degrees of tens fifties hundreds and thousands may be fitly called orders of men governed by god the god of order footnote isaiah nine seven of the increase of his government and peace there shall be no end upon the throne of david and upon his kingdom to order it in footnote which orders of men are one those of the single platform two those of the superior arising upon the first first for the single platform which is god's standard according to which the superior is delineated or measured out god hath commanded that ten men should choose unto them a ruler of ten hence if they be not ten they cannot choose unto them a ruler of ten hence also the ruler maketh the eleventh man or rather is the head footnote exodus eighteen twenty five make them heads of the people rulers of tens etc in footnote of the order of ten hence also one ruler of ten may rule over nineteen men but if they become twenty then by god's institution they must choose another ruler of ten for god hath said choose you rulers of tens servants or sons living with their parents as in the condition of servants footnote galatians four one the heir so long as he is a child differeth nothing from a servant in footnote they may not explicitly politically personally choose public rulers while they live under the authority of family government they are not personally capable of interest in public political elections it is enough to attain god's ends that they be virtually comprehended in their father's covenant but if they marry or live in the state of allowed public freemen then they are capable of and bound personally to act in the choice of their public rulers the rulers of the father are virtually rulers of the child but when the child putteth forth an act of choice he hath liberty to choose and do order another ruler of ten unto whom he doth personally submit himself 
for all men are commanded to choose unto themselves rulers. By that one act of choosing his ruler of ten, and subjecting himself unto him, he doth choose and subject himself unto all the superior orders, under whom his ruler of ten is ruled. No man may lawfully, or without sin, live out of the order of God's government, and should any man refuse to choose and subject himself unto the same, he cannot justly challenge any privilege, benefit, or protection thereby, though his virtual interest, and such as have it, hath hold upon him, until his actual choice doth more expressly engage him, and love will improve everything for the good of those who know not what is good for themselves. He is beneath the condition of a stranger who shall apostatize from the government of the Lord, yea, beneath the condition of barbarians who are not yet come in, either by themselves or their progenitors. As a ruler of ten may rule over more than ten, even any number under twenty, so it is with the other orders, one ruler of fifty, may rule over nine orders of ten, but if they become ten, then they must choose another ruler of fifty. For the Lord hath said, Choose you rulers of fifties. That is, every five orders of ten shall choose a ruler of fifty. Again, one ruler of an hundred may rule over three orders of fifties. But if they become four orders of fifties, then two of them must choose another ruler. For God hath said, Choose rulers of hundreds, that is, of ten orders of tens. Again, one ruler of a thousand may rule over nineteen orders of an hundred, but if they become twenty orders, then they must by God's institution choose another ruler of a thousand. For the Lord hath said, Choose you rulers of thousands. Hence one ruler of a thousand may, in case all the orders under him be at the fullest, rule over eight thousand four hundred thirty-six men, which ordinarily amounteth to thirty-three thousand six hundred eighty-seven souls, which doth thus appear. One ruler of ten may rule over nineteen men. One ruler of fifty may rule over nine orders of ten, and nine times seventeen maketh one hundred seventy-one. One ruler of an hundred may rule over three orders of fifty, and thrice one seventy-one make four thirteen. One ruler of a thousand may rule over nineteen orders of an hundred, and nineteen times four thirteen maketh seven thousand eight hundred forty-seven. Add therefore to the people their rulers thus, one ruler of fifty, with his nine rulers of ten, makes ten rulers. One ruler of an hundred, which rule over three orders of fifty, which maketh thirty rulers. One ruler of a thousand may have under him nineteen rulers of an hundred, so that nineteen times thirty, and nineteen added to them, makes five hundred eighty-nine rulers. Add to them seven thousand eight hundred forty-seven people, summa totalis is eight thousand four hundred thirty-six. And generally among mankind, for one head of a family, there be at least three more souls of women and children, so that four times eight thousand four hundred thirty-six amounteth to thirty-three thousand six hundred eighty-seven souls. But it will be rare for all orders to be full at once. Again, these orders of men may be multiplied thus, when such as are supernumerary in several orders may agree together to make another order. For example, if two rulers of ten have each of them fifteen men under them, then five men of one order and five of the other order may agree together to make another a new order, and so in all other orders it may be. But if they do this, if they make a new order because they desire it, and not because of the word of the Lord commandeth it, when they multiply orders by choice, and not by necessity of institution, then their next superiors shall guide and direct them in peace and mutual love. For Moses guided the people in all their elections. Footnote. Exodus eighteen twenty one twenty five, Thou shalt provide able men. Moses chose able men. Deuteronomy one fifteen. So I took the chief of your tribes. In footnote. 
if they cannot agree then they may appeal to their next superiors and so unto the highest footnote deuteronomy one seventeen the case that is too hard for you bring it unto me in footnote counsel if need be for the counsel is an ordinary dispensation in moses stead and the scriptures are the mouth of god at which they must inquire and by the guidance thereof determined of all cases so far as the lord giveth light and until the mind of god be known the case must stay whatever it be footnote numbers fifteen thirty four and they put him inward because it was not declared what should be done unto him numbers nine eight stand still and i will hear what the lord will command concerning you in footnote chapter three the lord hath given this commandment in the ordering of his government that judgment shall be executed speedily footnote ezra seven twenty six let judgment be executed speedily upon them ecclesiastes eight eleven because sentence against an evil work is not executed speedily therefore the heart of the sons of men is fully set in them to do evil in footnote and also that it should be managed with the greatest respect to the ease both of governors and people footnote exodus eighteen seventeen eighteen twenty two twenty three this thing is not good thou wilt surely wear away both thou and this people that is with thee verse twenty two so shall it be easier verse twenty three thou shalt be able to endure and all the people shall go to their place in peace these having judgment among themselves in their own quarters in places of abode and not be troubled to come to the chief court with every cause in footnote but particular times means and other circumstances the lord hath not particularly commanded footnote exodus eighteen twenty two let them judge the people at all seasons in footnote hence it is left unto the wisdom of the rulers to order time means and other circumstances for the best and most effectual attainment of the forementioned speedy and easy determination and execution of judgment in all cases whatsoever and in all places cities or towns where the people dwell footnote exodus eighteen twenty three all the people shall go to their own place in peace in footnote hence again it well accordeth with god's institution that every order do cohabit together footnote deuteronomy one fifteen i took the chief of your tribes and made them heads over you in footnote as near as may be because that doth tend to facilitate both the watch and work of the lord's government hence also limits of place footnote deuteronomy twenty one two three the elders and judges shall measure unto the cities about and the city which is next unto the slain man deuteronomy sixteen eighteen judges shalt thou make in all thy gates throughout thy tribes in footnote in a general observation with allowance of some particular exceptions as prudence and piety may require may be useful to attain this end hence again if any shall remove his habitation to a more remote place meet it is that he do change his rulers by choosing a ruler of ten in the place whither he goeth to dwell and hence it is meet that such removings and changes be made by due approbation of the rulers whence he goeth and with the acceptance of those to whom he removeth lest by such unstable changes as some may effect they may slip out from under the government of the lord at least from under the watch and use thereof though from the right thereof they cannot because it is a general command to honour the father and thy mother and lest by the confluence of unruly persons to a place more remissly governed the government of the lord should be undermined and scandalized because sin will grow apace like ill weeds if it is not always watched and often weeded out and fire of strife will soon flame out if it be not speedily suppressed and quenched and it edifieth many ways that justice should be speedily done 
especially it promoteth peace and piety. Hence it is meet that rulers of ten appoint one day in a week, solemnly to hear and determine causes, and guide the common affairs of his ten, for the more orderly, easy, and speedy proceeding of justice and peace, which are facilitated and expedited by a stated and appointed time. Footnote. Exodus 18.26. They judge the people at all seasons. The Hebrew word for seasons doth frequently in scripture signify a stated time. End footnote. Again, it is meet that the ruler of fifty keep the court of six, consisting of five rulers of ten, and himself the ruler of them, once in a month, for the more solemn proceeding of justice and appeals if need be, because the higher cases ascend, the more solemnity is in them. Footnote. Exodus 18.22. Every great matter they shall bring unto thee. End footnote. And need the more time and deliberation. I call these a court because they are an assembly of judges, among whom God promiseth to stand. Footnote. Psalm 82.1. Six is the lowest number of this court, but they may be more, according as the orders of ten be more under a rule of fifty. But they cannot exceed ten, because a ruler of fifty cannot, by God's institution, have more than nine orders of ten under him. Again, it is meet that the ruler of an hundred keep the court of three, consisting of two rulers of fifty, and himself the ruler of them, four times in the year, upon the former grounds. Three is the lowest number of this court, and it cannot exceed four, because by God's institution he cannot have more than three orders of fifty under him. Again, it is meet that the ruler of a thousand keep the court of eleven, consisting of ten rulers of an hundred, and himself the ruler of them, twice in a year. And here judgment runneth with greatest solemnity and majesty, I say, greatest in the single platform. Eleven is the lowest number of this court, but there may be more, according as orders of an hundred under him be multiplied. But they cannot exceed twenty, because he cannot have above nineteen orders of an hundred under him. It is necessary that every court have such officers, footnote, Deuteronomy 16.18, Judges and officers shalt thou make, vide Answorth in loc, end footnote, to attend, as are necessary to accomplish and execute those ends for which the Lord hath instituted those courts, because the appointment of the end doth command all means requisite for the attainment of that end, being such as accords with justice and prudence. It is also necessary to have persons, footnote, Leviticus 24.12, Numbers 15.34, they put him inward, in footnote, and all other instruments for the inflicting of all kinds of punishments which the law of God appointeth. But touching the several punishments of cost, shame, or smart, and teaching the several ways of putting to death by stoning, burning, strangling, or by the sword, as also touching banishment, I am here silent they more properly appearing in the handling of such laws which do inflict several punishments, according to the demerit of the sin, or use of terror unto others, proportioning them to the standard in the Holy Scriptures. Chapter 4. Upon the forenamed grounds of speedy justice for the establishing of firm peace, all causes betwixt man and man, pertaining to the cognizance of the ruler of ten, must be put upon suit or trial within the space of one month. Footnote. Leviticus 19.17. Thou shalt not suffer sin upon him. In footnote. Cases belonging to the court of six must be put upon suit or trial within the space of three months. Causes belonging to the court of three must be put upon suit or trial within the space of nine months. Causes belonging to the court of eleven must be put upon suit or trial in the space of one year and a half, or else be frustrate and lose the privilege of receiving judgment by man 
unless it appeared that the providence of God did hinder, or that the defendant or delinquent party did disappoint it. In those cases it may be admitted to trial and receive judgment, though it be of a longer standing. But criminal offenses are to be judged at the time when and in the place where they be discovered, and that with the most speed that may be. Such cases as are difficult, weighty, and worthy such attendance, and cannot obtain an acceptable issue in the court where they firstly appertain, may ascend from court to court, either by appeal or by transmission to the court of eleven. And whatsoever cause of weight cannot receive issue there, yet may ascend by appeal or transmission to the highest council. Footnote, Exodus 18.22. Great matters they shall bring to thee. 26. Hard matters they brought to Moses. Deuteronomy 17.8.9. If there arises a matter too hard for thee, etc., thou shalt come to the priests, Levites, and judges that shall be in those days. In footnote, where by God's appointment it must receive final determination. Footnote, and thou shalt do according to the sentence, etc., Deuteronomy 17.10. In footnote, in lesser commonwealths, where there be no rulers or courts of the superior order, cases ascend to the highest council from the court of eleven. But where there be rulers and courts of the superior order, there the cause must ascend from the court of eleven in the single platform to the court of one myriad or the lowest court in the superior order and so proceed until it come to the supreme council every appeal in this platform of government which the lord hath instituted doth ascend to an higher court and to other judges there is one of the judges from whom he appealeth a member of the court to which he doth appeal truly and to inform the court of the reasons of their judgment and but one, lest they should sway overmuch, and the appellant want the privilege of new and unprejudiced judges. Whosoever shall trouble the free passage of justice in the ending of causes, through a perverse will or base ends, or captious and quarrelsome wit, besides the charges of such agitations, he is worthy of some other medicine, as may most effectually do him good and warn others. In all courts, he that hath power to call the court hath a double vote. As, for example, in the court of three, if the ruler of an hundred differ from the two rulers of fifty, the court is equally divided. If there be three rulers of fifty, and one of them concur with the ruler of an hundred, their sentence standeth. When the court is equally divided, it is a difficult case, and must ascend to the court next above them by transmission. Or if the lesser part of the court oppose the sentence of the court, as judging it sinful, then it must ascend by transmission. If a judge of any court shall oppose the rest in point of sin, without weighty and considerable grounds, in the judgment of the court whether it ascends or is transmitted, his first offense shall be corrected with the charge of such transmission, an admonition from the higher court. After, offenses in like kind are to be considered and judged by proportion to the process of Christ in the church, even unto rejection from his place in office. The highest counsel is to consist of a convenient number of the most holy and able men. Footnote. Numbers 11.16, whom thou knowest to be elders of the people. With Exodus 18.21, able men such as fear God, men of truth, hating covetousness. In footnote, orderly chosen for that purpose by all the orders of, footnote, Deuteronomy 1.13, take ye wise men, in footnote, men under their jurisdiction, every man in order having an equal voice therein, from among all the elders of the people, both in the commonwealth and in the churches. Footnote, Deuteronomy 17.9. And thou shalt come to the priests, Levites, and judges that shall be in those days, and inquire, and they shall show thee, etc. Second Chronicles 19.8. Moreover, in Jerusalem did Jehoshaphat said of the Levites, and of the priests, and of the chief of the fathers in Israel, for the judgments of the Lord, and for controversy. 
Deuteronomy 21.2. Then thy elders and judges shall come forth, and shall measure, etc. Verse 5. And the priests, the sons of Levi, shall come near, and by the word shall every stroke and every controversy be tried. Deuteronomy 19.17. Both the men between whom the controversy is shall stand before the Lord, before the priests and judges. Ezekiel 44.24. And in controversy they shall stand in judgment, and they shall judge it according to my judgment. End footnote. The biggest number being civil elders. Footnote. Numbers 11.16. Gather to me seventy men of the elders of Israel, vide answain in lach. Hence the Hebrews gather, that they were chosen out of all the tribes, and therefore there was not less than five of a tribe, and so many of Levi, who before the institution of the Sanhedrin, were taken of God instead of the firstborn, to be priests unto God, for they were taken to be priests at Sinai. Numbers 3.14. And this institution was at Kibroth Hatavah, Numbers 11.34, with Numbers 31.15.16.17, in footnote. The Lord commanded Moses that seventy elders should stand with him before the Lord. Hence there were seventy-one of the council, and Moses was the chief, and ordained the rest. According to which pattern, the people are to choose their chief ruler first, who being installed by some, instead of the whole people, must install the rest, and is chief ruler of the supreme council, who must call and manage their assemblies. As the overburdensomeness of the work of government by one man was the ground of the institution of the forenamed orders of government, so the overburdenedness of the work of one man to hear all hard cases and appeals, together with other cares to provide for the welfare of the people, was the ground of the institution of the Supreme Council. Footnote. Deuteronomy 1.9. I spake to you and said, I am not able to bear you alone. Numbers 11. 11 add 16. Verse 11. And Moses said unto the Lord, Wherefore hast thou afflicted thy servant? And wherefore have I not found favor in thy sight? that thou layest the burden of all this people upon me. Verse 14. I am not able to bear all the people alone, because it is too heavy for me. In footnote. The conveniency of the number of this high council is thus to be measured and judged by God's standard. Israel had at least three millions of people, though not one million of men in order, or not much more, for the soldiers were but six hundred thousand. Now their supreme council consists of seventy-one, Therefore, that is the highest number that will be needed among men ordinarily. Yea, though a people should be much bigger, I see not, but that number may suffice. But that number is not limited, because God denieth not this government to fifty, who are the least court, and a lesser number of men than the highest council in Israel had by God's appointment. And if it be not limited on the one side, so nor on the other. Again, the lowest number of the supreme council that may be is five because that council must consist both of magistrates and elders of churches, elders of both sorts. One of a sort sufficeth not, and the bigger part must be magistrates. This council must always be in being, personally or virtually, to give answer to all cases propounded, touching the law of God, and the application thereof, to any particular person or cause, and to take care for the general protection, provision, and government of the whole, in truth, holiness, and peace. Chapter 5 the duties of all the rulers of the civil part of the kingdom of Christ are as followeth. The office and duty of all the rulers is to govern the people in the orderly and seasonable practice of all the commandments of God, in actions liable to political observation, whether of piety and love to God, or of justice and love to men with peace. Hence they are keepers of both tables, and are so to look that all the commandments of God be observed, as to compel men to their undoubted duty, to punish them for their undoubted sins, errors, and transgressions. 
a case a duty a sin is said then to be undoubted when either it is expressly or by general approved consequence commanded or forbidden in the scriptures or when it hath passed the circuit of god's polity and received its final determination according to the scriptures unto which not to submit is capital presumption hence again rulers are eminently concerned to maintain the purity of religion with all care and power holiness truth and peace being much concerned herein hence again all rulers must be skilful in the scriptures they must read and meditate in the same all the days of their life that thereby they may be enabled to do their office faithfully and religiously so long as they live hence again they are to give counsel and command for the well-ordering of all the public affairs of their peoples both in education of youth whether in schools or other occupations in walking in their callings in their neighborhood commerce and converse with men in subjecting themselves to government with religion justice and peace chapter six the office of the ruler of ten is to see all his people walk as becometh god's people in their several places furthering the same upon all occasions and at appointed times to sit alone to hear and determine causes of justice and of evil conversation to declare god's sentence and counsel in every case and see it executed provided it be with the consent and submission of the party or parties involved all difficult cases and appeals he shall bind over to the court of six and capitals in life limb or banishment to the court of eleven these rulers are next the people hence they see them footnote each other in footnote most and therefore they need be singularly wise patient loving faithful and zealously holy men so great is his work and charge that it had need extend but to a small compass if he well perform his office it doth prevent much trouble to superior courts the office of the ruler of fifty is to see that all the rulers of ten under him be faithful in their office and duty and to help on their work in all cases and toward all persons as he hath occasion as also to call and keep the court of six in their seasons for all cases pertaining the public good of all his order and particular cases betwixt parties of the several of the orders of ten under him are nextly to be tried and determined together with appeals from any of the rulers of ten under him and difficult cases transmitted from them to this court this court hath power to end strifes judge causes declare and pronounce the sentence of god's word in molts and punishments and see them executed difficult cases they shall transmit and also appeals they shall bind over unto the court of three but capitals in life limb or banishment to the court of eleven the office of the ruler of an hundred to see that the rulers of fifty under him do perform their office and duty faithfully to help them what lieth in him in any of their works towards the rulers of ten or any particular person under him also all causes which concern the public good of all orders under him are in his charge and also to call and keep the court of three where causes betwixt parties of his several orders of fifty are properly to be tried and determined with appeals from the court of six in such difficult cases as that court shall transmit to them this court hath power to end all strifes judge and determine causes declare and pronounce the sentence of god's word in molts and punishments and see them executed also to take care of the public good of all their orders appeals difficult cases and capitals in life and limb and banishment thus shall bind over and transmit to the court of eleven the office of the ruler of a thousand is to see that all the rulers of hundreds under him do perform their office and duty faithfully to help them what lieth in him in any part of their charge towards their rulers or fifties or rulers of ten or any person under him 
Also all cases which concern the public good of all the orders under him are in his care and charge. As also to call and keep the court of eleven, where all causes betwixt persons and several of his hundreds are properly belonging, with appeals from the court of three and difficult cases transmitted to them. Also all cases which concern the public good of all the orders under them. Also all capital cases of life, limb, and banishment belong this court, because it is the highest and most solemn judicatory in the single platform and fullest of majesty. The highest punishment is fitly pronounced in a more solemn judicatory than is the court of six or three, unless the smallness or paucity of the people have no higher. Also cases betwixt parties of several thousands belong to this court. At the choice of the plaintiff in which court of eleven, either that which himself doth belong to, or that which his adversary is under. But this consideration doth belong to lesser commonwealths, where they have no governor of the superior order, yet more than one ruler of a thousand. This court hath power to hear and judge all causes brought before them, declare and pronounce the sentence of scripture, and all molts and punishments, even death itself, and see them executed. Also to pronounce and see executed all such sentences as the supreme council doth determine and remit unto them. Namely, thus it is in lesser commonwealths, where there be no courts of the superior order, difficult cases they must transmit to the highest council, and bind over appeals unto them, where there be no courts of the supreme order, betwixt the supreme council and them. The office of the supreme council is to see that all the rulers of thousands, yea, all rulers and officers, of all orders and degrees, do their office and duty faithfully, and to receive difficult cases and appeals from the court of eleven, to search the scriptures with all faithfulness, to find out the pure mind of God, impartially and sincerely to apply the cause propounded thereunto, to declare the will of God in the case, and so return it to the court of eleven, whereto it appertaineth, there to receive judgment accordingly. And whosoever will do presumptuously, and not hearken unto that sentence, shall be put to death. Deuteronomy 17, 11, 12. In the single platform, the court of eleven is next to the supreme council for transmission and remission of causes, but where there be courts of the superior order, it is not so. Also there to declare the counsel and will of God, touching war and peace, and accordingly transmit the work to such of the rulers as they judge must meet to accomplish the same. Also to take care for and provide means for public welfare and subsistence, by trading, both foreign and domestic, fishing, tillage, etc., with all other necessary and useful occupations especially there to take care for peace and truth and religion in all the churches and among all the people and the propagation also thereof as also the furtherance of all good learning and all the liberal arts and sciences the supreme council and all courts yea and all rulers have power to bind offenders and persons concerned to appear or prosecute in due order and season punish for offences in that kind and if need be commit to prison for security if rulers offend either morally or politically by rigor partiality or remissness his or their next superiors have power to correct such evils according to the word of god and as need may be the case may orderly ascend from court to court even to the highest council heresy blasphemy and other gross especially of capital sins are just cause in due order of deposition from his office by the supreme council the cause coming to them either by orderly assent or taken in immediately as a notorious scandal which calleth for speedy remedy chapter seven so much for the single platform of christ's government now followeth the superior arising out of the first when the lord shall bow the hearts of great nations to embrace this form of government 
there being populous cities, provinces, and countries where the rulers of thousands will be greatly multiplied, and causes frequently fall out betwixt parties of several thousands, yea, and betwixt the rulers of thousands sometimes, being so numerous, insomuch that the supreme council will be overburdened, even as Moses was. Hence there will be a necessity of erecting the superior platform of the Lord's government, which by proportion unto the single platform, which is more fully expressed in Scripture, doth arise from it and is builded upon it. Namely, that every ten orders of thousands should choose a ruler of ten thousands, or a myriad, and five orders of myriads, a ruler of fifty thousand, or five myriads, and two orders of five myriads should choose a ruler of an hundred thousand, or ten myriads, and ten orders of an hundred thousands, or ten myriads, shall choose a ruler of a thousand thousand, or an hundred myriads, or a million. I am led to believe that the superior order of rulers is a divine institution, not only by consequence of proportion to the single platform, but expressly, and that it was practiced by Moses and Israel, namely, that ten rulers of thousands had a ruler over them of ten thousands, or of a myriad, and that the order of myriads or ten thousands were as duly and orderly observed as the order of thousands were. For, Numbers 10.36, when they rested from their marching, Moses blessed them and said, Return, O Lord, to the myriads of the thousands of Israel. Therefore there were orders of myriads as well as of thousands. Furthermore, it is expressly said by Moses in his song, Deuteronomy 33.2, The Lord came from Sinai, namely where the order of government was first instituted, and he came with myriads of saints. Therefore, orders of myriads were instituted and acted from the first foundation of this government. Likewise, Deuteronomy 33.17, he speaketh of the orders of myriads among the tribes, as familiarly observable as the orders of thousands, so that we may see the superior order and platform of government observed in Israel and expressed in the Holy Scriptures. The ruler of a myriad hath this imminency, above a ruler of ten in the single platform, that all his ten whom he immediately ruleth are eminent rulers. Hence there are an assembly of judges and a court, for number every way proportional to the court of eleven, but for eminency and distinction they are more properly called the court of one myriad. The ruler of fifty thousand or five myriads holdeth a court for number proportional to the court of six in the platform, but for eminency and distinction they are more properly called the court of five myriads. The ruler of an hundred thousand, or ten myriads, holdeth a court for number proportionable to the court of three in the single platform, but for eminency and distinction it is more properly called the court of ten myriads. The ruler of a thousand thousand, or an hundred myriads, holdeth a court for number proportional to the court of eleven, but for eminency and distinction it is more properly called the court of one hundred myriads. The times or seasons, officers or other means for the most effectual ordering of these courts, will be most fitly discerned and agreed by such a people as may have use of them. The causes which most properly belong to the court of one myriad are such as fall out betwixt parties of their several thousands, as also difficult cases transmitted from the court of eleven and appeals from them. Also, all such cases as concern the public good of all under them. All courts of the superior order have power to judge all capital cases whatsoever. The court of one myriad hath also power to judge any cause betwixt the rulers of the thousands of that myriad, who are not to judge in the court when their own case is judged. Difficult cases they transmit, and appeals they bind over to the court of five myriads, if there be such a court betwixt them and the supreme council, otherwise they transmit them to the council. The causes which properly belong to the court of five myriads are such as fall out betwixt parties of the several myriads under them. 
I will ascend no higher in describing the courts of the superior order, partly because God's method is plain, and also it will be rarely of use in any commonwealth, especially considering that which I farther propound. Namely, seeing God himself was pleased to appoint a prince, a chief ruler over every tribe in Israel, who were distinguished by that civil distinction of kindreds. By proportion thereunto, in populous nations, where there be other civil distinctions of societies and cohabitations of men, fees by cities, provinces, and countries, etc., should not they choose a prince, a chief ruler of those several precincts of civil society, whose office is chiefly to take care of the good government, firstly, of all the superior rulers under him, as also of all the rest, as he hath opportunity that the Lord may rule among them. Likewise to hold a court, consisting either of the rulers of myriads, or of five myriads, or of ten myriads, or of an hundred myriads, according to the greatness of the people in his precincts. This court to be called the court of the prince, or lord, or chief ruler of such a precinct, and to be next unto the supreme council, from which court only difficult cases and appeals have access to the supreme council, and to which they remit the determinations of the cause to receive its judgment lest the supreme council be oppressed with business from so many courts and thereby the people with delays of hearing an issue occasion thereby it seemeth to be right orders and according to god's institution that these princes of the several tribes or societies of men should be members of the supreme council the whole dominion being distributed unto the supreme councillors or to so many of them as may be meet for the princes of the tribes of israel it seemeth to me were members of the sanhedrim or supreme council because God commanded that they should be chosen very carefully from among the elders of the people. Hence they will choose the most choice of their elders to send up with Moses to stand before God. Now they could not choose better, fitter, and men more acceptable to God out of all their elders than those whom God himself had chosen by name to be princes of the tribes. Besides, it is exceedingly harmonious in the frame of this government that it should be so, for though whoever of the other elders, whether of the single or superior order, be chosen to the supreme council it may seem requisite they should leave the lower station lest when appeals have passed in the circuit of god's government and come to the highest council there should be sundry of them through whose judgment the cause is formerly passed which may prove prejudicial both to their persons and to the cause but when it hath lastly passed through the court of the prince of the tribe meet it is that one of the last court through which it passed should be present in the supreme council to give true information how they lastly after all former trials did find the cause but this is to be observed in the distribution of the whole dominion to the several supreme councillors that no such civil dominion is to be put upon or accepted by such elders of churches as are members of the high council as being such whose only office and work is to search the holy scriptures and give all attendance to declare the divine oracle of god in such cases as are in hand of what nature soever they be yea and if the council see need to call ecclesiastical councils greater or lesser to search out the mind of christ for his presence and blessing is in every ordinance and all jointly conspire the advancement of his kingdom and the doing of his will the election of all superior rulers is to be after the same manner as in the single form fees by all the people footnote or orders of men in footnote over whom they are to rule some of the princes of the tribes of israel may seem to be rulers of fifty thousands or of five orders of myriads yet the office of the princes was not only under that notion but also as a head of a civil society a kindred an eminent part a division of the commonwealth for some of the tribes had but four myriads and some but three and therefore could not in that way in order have a ruler of five myriads therefore they must needs to be instituted under another consideration viz 
as being the head or chief ruler over an eminent part or division of the commonwealth, being civilly divided into such societies. Chapter 8. So much for the platform of the Lord's government. Now it remains to consider of the laws by which these rulers are to govern in the Lord's people. The written word of God is a perfect system or frame of laws, to guide all the moral actions of men, either towards God or man. The application whereof, to every case, according to its circumstances, must be by the wisdom and discretion of the judges, guided by the light of the scriptures and a pure conscience. The judgment and determination of a cause is nothing else but the particular application of the cause, according to all its circumstances, unto the rule and standard of God's word. The records of which judgments are equivalent to human laws, which so far as the case with all its circumstances considered is rightly applied to the rule of the word, is a deduct from scripture, and bindeth the consciences, both of judges always so to judge in the light case, and the people so to walk, which records to order wisely, and publish for common instruction and edification, is a work of great wisdom, and tendeth much to God's glory, the good of the people, and the facilitating and expediting justice among them. All strangers are to be accounted under the government of those orders where they reside, and where their business lieth, so as to have the benefit of the government of the Lord, as our own people have. Finis. John Eliot's Retraction and Apology for the Christian Commonwealth Order of the General Court of the Massachusetts Bay Colony, 22nd May, 1661 This court taking notice of a book entitled The Christian Commonwealth, written, as is expressed in the said book, by Mr. John Eliot of Roxbury in New England, which in sundry passages and expressions thereof is justly offensive, etc., and in special relating to kingly government in England, the which the said Mr. Eliot hath also freely and fully acknowledged to this court, it is therefore ordered by this court, and the authority thereof, that the said book be totally suppressed, and the author's acknowledgment recorded, and that all persons whatsoever in this jurisdiction that have any of the said books in their custody, shall, on their perils, within fourteen days after publication hereof, either cancel and deface the same, or deliver them unto the next magistrate, or to the secretary, whereby all further divulgement and improvement of the said offensive book may be prevented. And it is further ordered that Mr. Eliot's acknowledgment, and the court's order for the calling in of those books, be forthwith transcribed by the secretary, and caused to be posted up in Boston, Charlestown, Cambridge, Salem, and Ipswich, that so all persons concerned therein may take notice of their duties and act accordingly, all which was done accordingly. Mr. Eliot's acknowledgments, word for words. Boston, this 24th of the third month, 1661. Understanding by an act of the honored council that there is an offense taken at a book published in England by others, the copy whereof was sent over by myself about nine or ten years since, and that the further consideration thereof is commended to this honored general court now sitting at Boston. Upon perusal, therefore, I do judge myself to have offended, and in way of satisfaction, not only to the authority of this jurisdiction, but also unto any others that shall take notice thereof, I do hereby acknowledge to this honored court such expressions as do too manifestly scandalize the government of England by kings, lords, and commons, as anti-Christian, and justify the lay innovators." I do sincerely bear testimony against and acknowledge it to be, not only an lawful, but an eminent form of government. 2. All forms of civil government deduced from Scripture, either expressly or by just consequence, I acknowledge to be of God, and to be subjected unto for conscience's sake, and whatsoever is in the whole epistle or book inconsisting herewith, I do at once for all cordially disown. John Eliot From 
Records of the Governor and Company of the Massachusetts Bay in New England, Volume 4, Part 2, 1661 to 1674. End of The Christian Commonwealth 